Hello there, good people of the interwebs, and welcome to episode 50, part 2 of Connect the Dots. Well, okay, so I debated whether I should make this episode 90 minutes, and after the editing process, I found a place to split the episode that was just too damn rich to pass up. So, that being said, Embers from a Chimney is almost done. Only just one more episode remains. Now I digress. Listen on and learn what happens as the Grey Company slowly, with great pain, exits the Growling Sanctuary. With ebbing strength, each member flops to the shore of the River of Sand. Surprisingly, only the wizard Calidus is hail. The party's healer, Oraki, looks completely spent. A flash of memory. The brother is about to crush the unconscious Oraki. With a verve of creativity, Elbrum manages to pull a miracle out of the Grey Company's collective hat. The final chamber is quiet. The sands calm and slowly drift to settle on the ground once more. Time. Time to collect all the goodies. And there, central, above all, the artifact. The Grimalkin Idol. Good people of the interwebs, now tell me, what happens when an ancient artifact, hidden away aeons ago by a forgotten cult, once more re-enters the world? Who do you think might notice that? You identify the nature of this artifact. Now tell me, what is the responsible thing to do? Government? Religion? Destruction? Or is there another choice? Do you want to know more? Then sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons & Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the GM. Come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. From a Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits, and the all-round good time that comes with this great activity. The cast is... Elbrum, the Asmar Warlock with his sidekick, Silhouette Starfire, and a pretty wrist leaf. Calidus, the elf-marked wizard who replaces his arms with blades. Will he cast another spell? And finally, Oraki, the ineffable female Knoll cleric with a tribe that stands on a precipice. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set and we game using the Fantasy Grounds Virtual Tabletop. So that's the cast. That's the campaign. Now, good people, welcome to the show. We should start now. Hi, I'm here with my good friend Stacey. Hello, and, people of the interwebs. Uh, hello, people of the interweb. And we are going to go over what we did last time. Indeed. So you'll have to introduce that. Make yourself a tea and then we'll kick it off. What did we do? 
it was a lot of me chattering and closed out the game closed down the game and i tried to make it memorable but ultimately i think mick made it the most memorable by um what his actions at the very end were so how did the campaign end did they discover puff of blue smoke what how it ended in a puff of blue smoke yes a puff of blue smoke exactly gone that's it that that was it on a climax or an anti-climax okay so yes what happened no no you gotta do hello good people of the interweb oh well you did that already no no you gotta do the start hello good people of the interwebs i'm here with my good friend mick and we are here to discuss what happened in the very last episode of embers from a chimney because in real life has gone and made things a shambles as it normally does so we started out you guys have just finally finished off the growling sanctuary you have killed off the last bad guy in the growling sanctuary bad guy was with one of the so there was three sisters three cat folk sisters that were mummies and you killed off the first of the sisters or the other players killed off the first of the sisters while you were converting Mm -hmm. a scroll from water breathing to sand breathing that allowed you guys to get to the growling sanctuary so there was two sisters left and they had also, those two sisters had been to the pyramid, the pyramid of Cobal before you guys arrived and they had visited the, the fairy person that was hidden in the inner sanctum prior to you guys getting there. And when you finally got into the growling sanctuary, into the main room of the growling sanctuary where the Grimalkan eye was hidden, there was one sister, one of the two sisters was there with one that they refer to as it the wasn't, brother. wasn't the eye, it was the idol. Right, sorry, the Grimalkan idol, the missing part, the, the, the piece that the eye fit into. And it was a close battle. It was very, very close because when we started at the session, I looked again at your guys' character sheets and wow, the only person, everybody was within one hit of being dead. They were all like two hit points left to dying, except for Calidus, who was almost at full health. And that's because Calidus was hiding in the in the sand for the majority of that battle. Did a good job there. And his witch bolt, casting the witch bolt at third level was for the brilliant. First, for the first time in his playing career, he decided to play. He stayed, he stayed play back. Sec- he played sensibly, he, yes. he played the wizard. He, he knew it was the last episode, so he figured we may as well do it right. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be no charging in at the front this time round. We're going to hang back. Calidus will be use... the last one standing. And yeah. it almost was Calidus' last one standing. And we will use because... our natural wizard abilities rather than try and stab someone to death with a well, shoelace. At the end, you guys had no healing left. Oraki was dead. And Absolutely. it was you who came up and did the medicine check to stabilize Oraki so she didn't have to continue doing her death saving throws. And she'd, she'd done three death saving throws. She had one success and two fails. So she yeah. was that close to being gone. Ah, we wouldn't have missed her. Yeah. And I, well, the thing is, I remember too, is I, I so was absolutely had a hundred percent planned. Oraki was down the first time she went down. I was as the brother, I was about to crush her and I, she was sitting there. She was dead. And of course, I rolled like a three and a four, so absolutely missed her. And then Elbram goes and starts his antics to distract me. 
And yes, he rolled really well, and the, the brother rolled really poor, so he absolutely distracted. So anyways, I although every intention, the players played amazingly well, and you know, you're reacting, reacting, reacting. And that's, I, I don't know. I like as being, when I'm the DM and I'm running an encounter, I don't like to be reacting because then that means tactically I'm on the defense and the players are on the, on the offense. And for a while I thought I had you guys, but a couple of good plans, the Witch Bolt at third level and Elbrum's antics, Elbrum's both antics of those. was a, a absolute winner. Yeah. yeah, the two of those, they changed the course of the battle. I didn't even consider that you would cast that Witch Bolt at third because you managed three times rolling 3d12 and you rolled high on each one of those was a big factor and ch- knocking out a huge chunk of change of his hit points and yeah. Elbrom's stupid hellish rebuke yeah. that in connected to the ley line yep. was a 4d10 necrotic as well. So anyway... We actually did it right for the you first did, time. You yeah, did it really, really yeah. right. And, and I, I thought... Well, originally, when I was prepping this up, I was sitting there thinking, okay, yes, you guys sent the calling cats out. Now, how stupid are these people? And I was like, well, they're not that stupid. I mean, their intelligences are quite high. So when they see the calling cats disappearing so quickly and off to the four directions, well, what are they going to think? Are they all going to take off running? No, they'll send one out. And one will, will, you know, start going and gathering up the gas to go and deal with this, to go and find. So they, will, they would recognize that this is a, a move that the players are doing. So how do they react against it? So while one is going to stay, and I, I was sitting there, I was seriously considering, would both stay? I was like, well, no, because one has to have the cat's cradle, which the calling cat necklaces are tied to the cradle the cradle if you're holding the cradle you know where the the calling cat necklaces are it's your gps locator so one of them has to have that and be out there organizing the ranks but i did for a while i was considering nah no nah, they could do that from in, inside and I was like, well no because the gas aren't inside the chamber they're out and they've got to go and recruit so one of them won't be there but the others will be but for a while i was like if the two of them were going to be there the two sisters plus the brother, ooh, you guys would be in a big, big, bad way. Mm. But still, it, it came out, it worked out well. Anyway, anyway, we killed them. You killed them. We killed them. So we got the idol. You guys were exiting slowly but surely. You're going through all of the stuff in the chamber. Lots of nice goodies there. You took them all down. You did consider, let's send up a shatter. And I, I actually had that planned out. I had thought about, well, if they brought down the ceiling, what would happen? And I was surprised. I actually thought you guys were going to try it a little bit more. But uh, spell-wise, yeah, you you were really strapped for spells. No, at the uh, end. There was the risk. It's the risk. You bring down the thing. The idol's still sitting on the on the table. Yep. You might kill them, but you'll destroy the idol. You know, no. But you, you guys, you, don't I mean, you, you guys, you guys were saying, okay, well, let's try this. You guys backed all backed out off. into the the yeah. rooms, and then you sent your you sculpted your shatter bolt so that it would hit the, one of the pinholes. Yeah. But you did it once, and the roll was not very good in yeah. terms of and the damage. Yeah. So, but I, it was I, a way out. It was just it, purely to find a way and out. And it would and have worked if, if you followed up, put in a rope. Yeah. If you probably hit it a couple of more times, it would have worked. Yeah. If your damages had been, if you did two shatters and rolled maximum damages, you would have been going out through the through that yeah. ceiling. But what I had consequences for that, the council would be pissed that you did that without their authorization. Pretty so much. I had that as yeah. a possible result if you guys went and destroyed city 
real estate. But yeah. you guys left that and you guys exited back the way you came, carrying all the goodies. And I, I was particularly paying attention to who was going to carry the Grimalkan Idol. Because inside that chamber, now this is where I messed up. I had been thinking that the chamber has an anti-magic field. If the chamber had an anti-magic field, nobody would have been using magic at all inside that chamber. So I was just like, ooh, I messed that up. Because the Grimalkan Idol is a powerful artifact. In my mind, I was sitting there thinking, well, who wants, if who would have knowledge of this? How long has it been down there? These were important questions for me as a DM to, to think about. And so I thought of, well, once upon a time, millennia, millennia, millennia ago, when the gods were first coming into the land, you know, they were deciding on who they were going to be. And these are not the god kings or the goddess queens. These are the authentic gods because goddess kings and goddess queens are for all intents and purposes they're demigods they're not real gods they're very powerful but they're not gods and the demigods had been human at one point in time but they had figured out how to use because the river nodia the river nodia is the why it's special is that there is something in the midgard universe called the world tree and the world trees can have a manifestation within this this world, but they're connected to some other plane of existence where there is a, a special river in that other plane of existence. So through the world tree, the river Nodia comes off of, what, what do you call that when you have these big, like the earth rises up and it forms these cliffs and then water flows down off of that. And the, the water that gets up there is from, who knows how it gets up there there's a name for this and i remember in venezuela i visited these things all the time uh but i can't remember their name now anyways so the water pools up there there's a world there's a manifestation of the world tree up there so this river gets ethereal properties and so ages ago the human the, the humanoids that lived there they figured out how to redirect and use that water to become demigods now because of that water flowing in that way through in there it also caused the manifestation of a titanic ley line that follows that river's path so the titanic ley line the ethereal properties of the river itself the river is always clean doesn't matter how much shit you throw into that river it will stay clean they would alter that and through those alterations they figured out how to become demigods and that's how the demigods came into being. So artifacts are, are things that are incredibly powerful. Artifacts are, you've got common items, uncommon items, rare items, very rare items, legendary items, and artifacts. So artifacts are above them all. The Grimalkan idol with the eye inside is an artifact. It is extremely powerful. So from my point of view, and I was sitting there thinking about this, this existed for a long, long time. And I was thinking about, well, what's the point of this Growling Sanctuary? Yes, it represents the, the black side of Bastet, where it is a cult that has been subverting who Bastet is, because she's a good god, goddess. But this idol was something that they had held for aeons. And they held it with the eye. Yes. And then we, we never did find out how the eye was removed from no, the idol. Well, not, not specifically, but you did yeah. know... So Rahid found the eye in the pit. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm, we never actually did actually figure out. There like was another was never... thief who was a river diver. He was a complete nutball. Yeah. So t 
to dive into the river of sand is extremely dangerous because if you get the sand in you, you can become scatterbrained or yeah. something weird can happen because sand-touched items mm-hmm. are weird. And the river of sand is weird because it is... Now, it doesn't exactly explain why it is, but it does mention that there are earth elementals throughout the river of sand. So why do things become sand-touched? They just do. That's, that's all it is. So he... How did he get it? He, so this, this thief was a river diver. He would dive into the river actively looking for objects. And so he accidentally found the entrance to the, to, to the growling sanctuary. So he got in there and removed So he the went in there and he went to try to steal a bunch of shit. And so the Grimalkan idol with the eye had been sitting in that main room at the very beginning where that, that plinth or that pedestal that was. Yep. So he got into there which and is the, essentially the first room. He got into the first, the first room. room. Yep. yep. And of course, he activated all of the all protectors who yep. came. And there was no, at that time, there was no Tuscali there. You guys came yep. in and found the dead Tuscali because they came in because they were yep. after the idol. So he came in got and he took the idol. He took it off the pedestal. Yeah. And then they started chasing him. He dropped it. And as he dropped it, the eye popped out. Oh, really? And so he managed to take the eye. <laughs> so something that is that powerful, you'd think you'd use a bit of glue, wouldn't you? You'd stick it yeah. in the glue. No, well, this, this is how it's written inside the module. So this is the explanation of out. this thief. So it's a very brief, it's like two paragraphs that explain this yeah. thief came in. They gave you a name for the thief. He was just trying to escape the guardians. And he basically took the eye with him. That was so all then he they could moved, take. Then they moved the idol further back into the sanctuary. That's right. That's how Ray found the... Okay. Yes. I'm just, I was curious to know how, so, how the two were separated. Yeah, he dived back into the river to escape, yep. but this time was one too many times, yep. and the river claimed them. And that's how the... And the, the eye floated loose. off to the pits, and Rahim, Rahim found him found at the pits. It. Yep. Yep. So that's how all of that and happened. And we're assuming that this happened just at the time that we arrived yes. there, because that's why yes. the cats went became yes. different. Yes, and the cats would have become different on the day the idol hit the ground and the eye popped out. Yep. 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 When the eye popped out, and then as soon as Rahid picked it up in the pit, and then because yeah. of the eye, the presence of the eye, I, I forget the radius of, of its effect. No, but, but that explains, like, while the eye was in the idol within the pyramid, yep. everything would have been nice and honky-dory, yeah. and the cats would have all and, behaved nicely, and everyone would have been happy. Well, and here's the thing. This is what I wanted. Like, when the idol itself came out of the sanctuary queen mishkenet did not know she thought that the artifact had been destroyed ages ago she did not know that the cult had taken the idol and hidden it away in the sanctuary uh, the sanctuary was constructed such that it was she couldn't see into it so i here i was yeah. thinking anti-magic but then i completely you know messed that up because if it was an anti-magic field in any of those rooms magic wouldn't have worked and so I messed it up. Anyways, I could basically say that... Oh, I could like, explain it all the way by saying the anti-magic field was the first room, right? And the rooms further into the sanctuary wouldn't need to have it. Except... It would only exist except, in the room that the... Except you guys used magic in that first room. So Did we? I think the thing okay. is, is the anti-magic was matter. a bubble it's just done. around it. It was, yeah, this, it was done this big... Anyway, we got out and yeah. we arrived on the other side of the... And so came we, out of the river. And who did we meet when we came out of the river? Well, Karima was there. And when you guys came Karima. out... But so Karima was excited. She was like this. But I tried to describe it and I wasn't sure if you guys picked up on anything that when you came out, there was... So there was a breeze that was happening throughout the day. But there was dust devils that appeared all of a sudden as you came up out. 
And she's seen, when she's seen the dust devils, I mean, she's got, she's fairly strong with magic. She was just like, oh shit. So she got all of a sudden very, very concerned. Now, I, I tried not to, I didn't want to remove a lot of player agency. I, I wanted you guys to have the opportunity to say, yeah, we're going to go back to our apartment or we're going to go do this and do that. I just wanted her to be like, oh guys, holy shit. And if you guys would have asked her, she would have said, oh, didn't you feel that? Didn't you? But we, something. Did, we, we, we heard the noise and yeah. Yeah. So she's Smelt like, the stuff. we got to go. We need to identify this immediately. I need to validate what it is. Because with the identification comes the knowledge of how to destroy it. So she wanted to be sure, because with the Grimalkanai, when you identify the Grimalkanai, it says there in the identification that the Grimalkanai can be destroyed. And the, the eye is probably like the heart of the idol in terms of a lot of the power comes from the eye. And together, they just add more permanence to the spells that the Grimalkan eye allows. Because the Grimalkan eye, if you cast Dominate Beast, it will last for a certain period of time. But when it's inside the eye, it's permanent. And it also works on intelligent cat people. Mm -hmm. Whereas outside of the idol, it just works on regular kitty cats. At the end of the day, she sensed something and she's like, We need to identify this because I need to be certain if this is the only way to destroy it. So she needed to get somewhere to to do it. So that she had, in my mind, I had two options probably actually three options. I had two stores prepared. One store that sold spell components, one store that sold spell scrolls. Because I knew that you had identified, but you didn't have an arcane focus, mm. nor did you have the pearl that was required yeah. as, as part of your component pouch mm. in order to cast it. Just a technicality. Technicality. So ultimately we went for, let's get the spell component. You picked up the pearl. She rushed you to mistress henna's house Mm. because underneath mistress henna's house is a special basement that had been constructed in order to hold now you guys didn't see all of the basement but she had she had a few rooms that had other stuff inside that that were rare items and stuff like this but yes the basement was constructed in order to to as a sanctuary as well of sorts and so they had the grimalkanai sitting in one special room and they had a small little, little bias that was an anti-magic field for the Grimalkan Eye. So you brought it into the, that room, you put it down on a table, you identified it, and you found out what the properties were. Then we had a debate <laughs> on how to destroy it, and you tried to well, destroy it. Wasn't, it. No, we had a debate before the d- destroy debate. We had the debate about what do we do with it. Oh, yes. So there was the... You guys walked out of the room. Uh, there was team, the, team huddle. Team huddle, out of the room. We had, out of the yeah, room. Because it was... This was a task that was set for us. Yes. Do, do we give it to someone who is, you know, all seeing, all knowing, or do we destroy it? Yep. And and at the end of the day, I think the answer was we didn't. Uh, it was a two-one vote against, uh, in favour of destroying it. Yep. And um, we didn't really have a choice anyway. Well, the thing is, I in fact I had the way I I had set the scenario up in my mind was, if you guys were. You had every opportunity. You had the ability to take it away if you wanted to take it away. If you wanted to take it away, I was ready that Princess Karima and Mistress Hannah would turn hostile. Yeah. And if this, you wanted did, to do that, I this, had no problem. It, and this was why that debate at the start yeah. was, was about, like, we're fairly underling low Oh, you guys, would, you, would, you so, would have been able to have handled them. You guys so, were, you guys no, were no, level I mean sixes. Terms, you would have been in, able to. In terms of the whole the whole 
exercise where we sit in the hierarchy yeah. of important people. Yeah. Anyway, we yeah, the vote was to destroy it. Yeah. And they agreed. It, it would have been. And they agreed. I mean, it would have been to fight Mistress Henna and Princess Karima would have been slightly easier than dealing with the sister and the brother. They were felt relatively yeah. hard. They were. One was a CR4, but the other was position, a CR6. In our position and, and the relationships that we'd build up. Yeah. Then that was... We were pretty well, much going to go was, with whatever It was a possibility, us. and I was happy if it went down that road. It didn't matter if you were yeah. going to do that. I wanted to have I role that, play, I and that, you guys just and decide. I think the point, yeah, and Calidus was making the point that this wasn't a decision that we should make. No, and, it, and, to, than, and realistically, that I figured that was the right course. I mean, yeah. it shouldn't be. But yeah. I was sitting there thinking... I was wondering, are they going to sit there and say, well, what about let's, you know, get the high priestess and try to kill her and, and then destroy it. And I was just like, that would be that so cool. Cause I, I, I would, I would have loved to the session to be able to, um, well, the, the, the series to go on as you guys decide to go and <laughs> take out the high priestess. I actually don't think that anything would have changed in the series. If we, if we look at this, this mm. decision at this point in time mm. was, Pretty much, yeah, we will destroy it. And we went back to back into the room and said, we're going to destroy it. Mm. They agreed. Yep. We attempted to destroy it. Well, here's the thing. If this had not been the last episode, I, I debated a lot. I wanted to make this a memorable last episode, and I debated a lot. Who, who would you guys meet that would make it there. And I sat there and thought, should it be the High Priestess Nefrini? Should it be no. Lady Alashra? Uh, the Warlord Rykart? No, he was I out in the desert. I actually he would have gone, if it had, if, in, in this situation, I would have gone with the, we've got the idol and we've got the stone. Mm. And then it's like, well, we know what it does. I would have gone with the, we join the two together. Yep. So it, had this not been the last one, I would have gone, okay, we'll join the two together and we've now got control over everything. Yep. And then we would go to Henna and go... Do what we say or... Well, no, we would have gone, you know, who do we give it to? And to my mind, it, it would have gone to a priestess in one of the superior temples. Yes. So that's, that's I... where I... Which would have added another layer... Because to my mind, from yep. the start of the game, the, there, were the, there was the, not the high priestess and, and not the council, but yep. below that, there would have been all of the, 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 there would have been like this collection of priestesses running. Administrative the, priestesses that, yes. Yeah. And one sure. of the temples would have been a, like the temple in the Lioness district. Well, the, the, or, and that's or, that's where it would have gone. Or in the fact, temple. We could, in, fact, in fact, yeah, the temple we could have taken it to would have been yeah. the one... Um, on the on the top of the hill, the 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 big yeah, the, was the, that one? The, the, the cathedral, the Dome of Bastet. Yeah, we could have taken it there. But the thing is, too, is you're, you're right because I don't know if you caught, but when you guys went and took Kaelin into the Temple of Bastet, that was inside the Sanship Harbor. Him. Yeah, he had the curse, and the the priestess that answered the door is like, oh wait, I need to go get the senior. Yeah, and the senior, she you, she was taking notes of everything that happened because she reported everything gets reported back, and and. I don't know if you guys picked up on the fact well, that later on they knew who the Grey Company was. And part of them knowing who the Grey Company was was because of that report that yeah. it had, had been sent out. And to me, it would have been 
It would either have been uh, gone to the mentor of Mehmet, their, their who was that? The person that was. Oh, the, their for, sponsor, so the, their, the Hungry Sirens, the, the hidden benefactor. The hidden benefactor. Yeah. It would have either gone there yep. or it would have gone to someone within the, yep. yeah, as you say, a senior, yeah, a, a temple leader. And because I think thing. that at, at the level that we were at, we were, there was no way we would be that close to the, the council the, yet. And this is the thing. The hidden benefactor was the Nomark. The Nomark was, Nomark is a title within a city and is kind of like a king. Now, the Council of Sand runs the city. The Nomark is more or less the, the city's representative in terms of leadership that ties back to the capital city, the city of Nuria. And he is the third brother of the, the god king leader of that city because that god king is actively leading that city. So this guy, he fell in a river of sand and it messed with him. And so now he has the ability to divine things. That but it puts him on the same level as the council almost. Higher than the council. Higher than the council. The council yeah. has to listen to him. But yeah, so they feel I, that I he's think... scatterbrained, and it's only yeah. because he's the third brother that they nah. give him anything. So they don't, although from the point of view and of again, hierarchy, it, it, he is higher than yeah, them. Nah, By the nah. fact of who he is and his personality, and because he was in the River of Sand, they don't give him the respect that he needs. Anyway, all of this is theoretical. Had we done it, had we gone down that path, this is what may have happened. And at and, and that point it, it, where we had decided, if we had decided to put the I and the idol back together again... Yep. That would have been an interesting exercise. Yep. It'd be interesting what the other two would have done too, given that the game wasn't ending. Yep. Would we have gone down that path? Yeah. Or would we have just left it's, that as it was? It's, it's, it's because a sad... the possibility is that we, would actually, we could also have gone through the option of, well, they don't want us to join the two together because it'll give us power over them. Mm-hmm. We could have just left them with both of the items and then just wandered off back to the house. Yeah, and then picked up from there and gone on to the next exercise. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is what was, I, what I was like, there was it's, no it's, obligation at that point in yeah. time on us to destroy anything. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And and the thing is, too, is it, there even though it is an extremely powerful artifact, there are limitations to it. So realistically, being able to permanently dominate someone who is like a Nikosi or a Werepanther. I mean, that's exactly, you know, you see the High Priestess Nefrini, you immediately, you dominate her. You've got control over now the, the yeah. entire so, church of Bastet. Which is why you sort of look at it and go, okay, that's where it should go. And, well, from, and, our and, po- and from, our, from our point of view, it actually didn't matter whether it was destroyed or not. It, had, it was not going to have any impact on our lives mm. at all. Unless but, you, unless you were like lawful evil or, I mean, well, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that that we'd given it up. So, yeah. like you know, whether it was whether we'd destroyed it or whether we'd given it to someone, wouldn't have made any difference. And, and we she, wouldn't have been out being hunted. The only issue would have been if we actually had kept it. Yeah. And, I, and I can't see any scenario where we would actually have kept it. Yeah. Well, and so you guys debated about what you're going to do, and you guys were happy yeah. that you're going to give it to the benefactor of of the Princess Karima. So the idea was leave it down in the chamber where it's in the anti-magic field. We were going to destroy the. Yeah, the you did right. You did. You took it to. to you took the items to a another chamber, and you tried doing a few spells on it and smashing it with a, the sword that you'd found, Nothing. and none of it worked. So then uh, we just went. Okay, fine. We've done our thing. We're off. Yep. <laughs> so then you're going to go meet with the benefactor and, and here I like. I have to admit, you know, if this wasn't the end, I would I have had the goddess queen show up? Because no way. 
the thing is, is and look, they're we, involved and, and, in so many, so many plots. And, and from our point of view, we wouldn't have, like, we would have given the thing up. There's no way we would ask to go there. We probably wouldn't even have asked to go to the benefactor. We would have gone, we're going to go home, have a rest. And my guess is we would have gone off and done the GFA meeting that we hadn't done because mm. on our list of priorities, that was the next thing. Did I tell you what happened with the GFA dude? I don't think I revealed that to you last week, did I? No, you didn't tell me. So he died, but we didn't no, know. No, no, he didn't die. So the lawyer who was drawing up the contract for you. So you guys were missed that meeting because you went out to the pool of blood. Yeah. So he was... Well, what do you do? They didn't show. They didn't show. Where the hell are they? And so it was the thing about and, yeah. Everyone thought he, we were he dead. and Lugo were figuring that. Oh shit! They must have died or something. I mean, why did they miss this meeting? Where are they? So eventually, that's why Lugo started going out and started surreptitiously asking, "Where's the Gray Company?" Mm -hmm. Saro, in the meantime, he went. He knew that the Minister of Architecture was the one who authorized the GFA and gave them license to be an Anuasir. And so he went to go and meet with him to try to convince him, okay, look, the guy that we have who's running this, we found out that he is corrupt. He's we need to do something. So he went to go and meet with them. He met with them. He found out that, indeed, the minister had trepidations about allowing the GFA to be out there in the first place. But he was being pushed by the rest of the council, the, yeah. the three members of the Council of Sand who were not local who were not actually born and raised in Bastet, per Bastet, they were pushing him for monetary gain specifically to allow them to be there and extract whatever wealth they could. Like, remember those freaking doors on yeah, the pyramid the were pure gold. gold. So he didn't want to do it, but he was pressured to do it. And so when, when Sarah came along, they're like, oh, this is great. I have a better place now where I can, you know, push to make this, close this. So Sarah went away really happy this is going to work and you know he's going to come back the next day and they're going to finalize how they're going to get this done. So when he came back the next day, the minister had been assassinated. And he finding out that the minister had been assassinated caused him, he's like, holy fuck. And he took off running because he figured that the minister had to have been assassinated by Hazi. And in fact, yes, Hazi... So he was a koalist. He needed to collect the objects of power and he needed to take it to an oasis, the oasis of Nefertiri, who is the, the person that yeah. Elbram heard about in order to provide those, uh, those, the remaining two objects to back Kobal. to Kobal. Now, he was working with another cult called the Cult of Selket. They were the Scorpion Cult. In order to help, the, he needed assistance in order to, he needed a, 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 a an army an agency yes more or less he needed an agency that had a group of of people that did things like assassinations now the cult of selket they had a very specific part of the cult was their oh god i forget what it's called there's a group of group of the scorpion that are specifically involved with assassinating so he knew that the minister w didn't really want them he knew that the council of sand hazi did so he needed someone to go. He was always concerned that the minister was going to try to close them down. So he'd been working to recruit the cult in order mm. to deal with the minister. And it was coincidence that Cyril and I were happening at the same time. So he eventually managed to, to convince the cult. And he convinced the cult by making them promises of what he was going to do within when Cobal yeah. took over Bastet. 
And so they were like, you know, you got to prove yourself. You got to prove yourself. So all of this stuff was happening in the background. And this is tied to why the cats were being murdered inside the district of Dahina. So this was in part uh, part of Hazi and some of his members trying to show that the cult that they were yep, serious. Okay. And there was a inside the hunt, not far from the district of Dahina, there was a building where uh, Hazi was meeting with them. I thought maybe you guys would be able to get there and, and, you know, if plots went around, that was an encounter that could happen. Well, that would have been a plot because, I mean, one, one of the plot points was let's go and find ourselves a house in the, in the hunt. Yeah. And, uh, which, you know, a grand house that we will, you know, renovate. This will be the one we put the sign on. Yep. And we'll be surrounded by villains and evil people. And they will know our reputation so they won't touch our house. Yep. But, yeah. The thing is, too, is, is exploration into the hunt. You know, I've been thinking about that, too. It's like, well, what would that mean? What is it that, what created the hunt? And I, to this day, I don't know. I never developed a theory on why the hunt why was, was the way empty. the hunt is. But I did have, underneath the hunt were the Gert Balilus, yeah. who were the, the, the scorpion, half scorpion, half human people. And they were powerful. I mean, they're usually CR8s. They're powerful entities. Yeah. And there was just a few of them there that were part of a clan. And they, they basically kept the hunt. They were a protection of it of sorts. Now, I never... I postulated that they were underneath the hunt. but uh, And they usually tend to be protectors of large treasures. But I hadn't figured out any more about that other than the the little bit where i mentioned that yeah. with a, the elves and the elves having brought a drider which is a half spider half female representation of the goddess loth that they yeah. bumped into that and I, I touched on that a little bit when the elves were around but yeah okay. no i didn't know what was happening if you guys decided to go in the hunt i hadn't even we haven't we hadn't gone you know there if anyway. it gone it's there just, i would have been one it. of those things but, that we we'd gone through we probably would have found daryl before we'd even bought yeah but the point was is i i had been exploring that one i had been exploring the idea of what hazi was doing so i knew that hazi needed to get the objects of power to cabal and i knew that he was working within the city to increase influence so Saro, finding out that the minister had been assassinated, he took off running and he was hiding. Lugo, uh, all Lugo knew was that Saro had went to meet the minister in the morning and then he never seen Saro mm -hmm. again and he found out that later that afternoon that the minister had been murdered. You guys returned the next day and then you had just started to hear as you were taking care of, of Abdul Haq about the, the, the murder of the cats and there's some stuff happening up in the Linus district. And so, yeah, you, you were the next day after the murder. Mm. So that were threads that was going to continue to develop. And yeah. again, whether so or not I, you did I, something, they would develop. Yeah. They would develop in whatever it is. Bottom line is we didn't do no. anything because what did we do? When did we? So you didn't go after see. We, after we you didn't, didn't go see. It. But Lugo, you'd found out via Princess Karima, via Mehmet, that uh, Lugo had been asking after you guys. And that was really, again, that was a thread to potentially get you guys to go and try to find and speak with Lugo. And then ideally find out more about what had been going on. But yes, Queen, the goddess Queen Meshkenet sitting outside of Mistress Hannah's place was yep. my just thinking, okay, Where do she's we go the most from logical, this is the... big, big name character that you should meet. Cause me, because this meeting is the anything end. with the Tuscali, it just seemed way too contrite yeah. to throw that in at the end. So this seemed to me, to me the most we logical. We wandered outside and there was the queen. There was the queen. In all of her glory sitting there. Floating. Floating. 
and you guys had to deal with her. It was, well, ultimately, Calidus wanted nothing to do. It was, it was right from the beginning. As soon as she started speaking, you had to do a DC 27 wisdom saving throw because the force of her personality was just ridiculous. And it was amazing, though, at one point she relaxed that and it became that you had to beat a DC 21 wisdom saving throw in order to keep your wits about you when she started asking you to to tell her things. And Oraki rolled a freaking 28. Everybody else failed. So he, he was able to keep his mouth or she was able to keep her mouth shut uh, with mm-hmm. regard to a lot of the stuff. But Princess Karima was down, genuflecting and stuff like this. She wasn't about to do anything. And eventually, the, the goddess was like, I sensed something today that I haven't sensed in ages. And I followed it here. Now I don't sense it anymore. Explain yourself. So Karima was tripping over herself to explain. when You guys were... Well, Calidus was just he, in his Calidus way. I loved your theory, and this is what I wanted to talk about. So, Calidus's theory, or mixed theory, on I've met this queen, the queen, and she, you, you had said that she did not give you guys anything. She didn't come across from any position of negotiating. Nothing that the yeah, she 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 asked demanded right from the beginning. Well, she didn't demand; she asked. So she says, "What did she say? Something like." I want you to go here and do this and do this and do this. Oh, well, yes. And so there is, so, so what you, it's not an order. Yeah. Well, it was a command. It was it, meant to be a command. Yeah, it, it is, but it is a command. And so. It was a railroad. It was a very yeah, intentional a railroad. railroad. Yeah. Normally, if Calidus had received a command from the Queen to go and do something, then Calidus would have gone, okay, I suppose I've got to go there, otherwise she'll crush me. Yep. Calidus was asked to go and do something. Yep which meant there was a, a choice. Not really. And so Calidus, well, it's a choice. Go out west and die or stay here and die. Okay, I'll stay here and die, thanks. And there was no... I liked, I mean, I enjoyed that you there, there, were do, and, trying to do something. And there was no, like there was nothing in it. Like, you know, you, you're going to ask me to do something. I'm not going to go and do it. Yeah. You're not going to offer me anything. Nope. But it's interesting that the, the rewards and possibilities came out later. Yep. They didn't come out at the start. No. And, and again, and that's where Calidus was coming from. Hmm. Calidus coming from the point, if you're going to tell me I've got to go and do something and I know you're going to crush me, then I'll go and do it because I don't have a choice. If you're going to invite me or ask me to do something, uh. then I've got a choice. And if I don't like what the options are, then I'm not going to go and do it. And, and, and that's the point at which we get into a negotiation if you're asking me. Yeah. If you're being polite and asking me to go and do something, hey. See, and the thing is, bother. here's the thing. The way I was looking at it, it's a railroad, but absolutely. she cannot dominate you guys. She cannot, she can, absolutely. Well, she, she can does. take control over you guys and make, force you to do it. But she knows that when you take away control from people, you remove their free will, they become more or less automatons in terms yeah. of, and they can't react to situations with the creativity that they need to solve problems. So she does, she would rather not dominate and take magically take a control although she, at that point in time she had well what she did was she, i mean she, she'd asked but it really wasn't a request it was really you guys are going to do this yeah and and, and and oraki and elbrum were, were quite quiet they were just kind of listening in to see what was going yeah, on fine. which was fine 
I was really well, they, hoping they I was, to, they would go and do it. To yeah. be honest, I was really hoping everybody would challenge, and then it would have been a proper battle because I was just like, well, you guys would have well, been. Well, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a proper battle. It would have been an instantaneous well, death for all much, of us. Pretty yeah. much. So it, it was, what she did was you, I mean, you took that request as being a choice, and so you're like, no. And you got down Thanks on your knees, less, put your arms out, out wide, looked up to the sky. Kill me now. And so she did. People of the interwebs, are you thinking, Damn it, man, is this an abrupt end of the episode? Yep, you are right. Indeed, this episode is definitely not finished and has been sundered, split in twain. But there's a light. Return in just one week. Our discussion will be concluded. Until then, bye-bye.